What's up, everybody? We're here to go over UFC Vegas, what is it, 79? Yeah, 79, Vizee versus Gamrot. Um, so here's the situation, man. I'm sorry I'm two days late on my video. Um, I had some issues. I've actually done this video twice twice already, and both times my soundboard was messing up, and it was uh, there was no sound on it. So, Also, man, this is, uh, this is supposed to be my, my vacation, so I'm going to try and make the video quicker than usual. I know my videos are usually almost an hour long. Um, just trying to relax this week and of course me doing the video three times now uh, doesn't help at all. So, But uh, yeah man, so uh, please like and subscribe guys. It would really help me out a lot. I appreciate all you guys that are uh, posting your stuff in the Facebook group and everything and thank you very much man. Um, uh, so if you're new to the channel, what I do is I go through and I give out all my picks for each fight and at the end of the video I give out my bets. And um, if you're not interested in watching uh, my videos, you just want to see my picks and my bets, you can go to my social medias. Um, Instagram and TikTok are both high kick underscore fight picks. There's also a Facebook group, High Kick Fight Picks on Facebook. It's easy to find. And um, also, this show is available on Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, all that stuff. Almost nobody listens to it on there. But, um, but if you do, please give me a, a, a good rating, man. It would help me out a lot. So, yeah, let's go over the results for... Last week, real quick, for UFC 293. Um, super happy that Sean Strickland won. I did. I picked Adesanya to win, um, I, I, but I did. Like I told you, I put 100 bucks on Sean just because. <laughs> and I was glad he won, man. I couldn't believe it. You know, um, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm so, super happy that he won. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, as far as my bets go, man, I had a, my, my two big plays hit. Um, I had a two-unit play on Carlos Olberg at minus 265. And then I had a, a two-fight parlay um, that was a two-unit play, minus 125, and that was Manel Kopp and Carlos Olberg. So those paid off for me, but I also had a one-unit play on Jack Jenkins. Um, you know, what What can you do, man? He he won the first round. Um, the second round, he was getting kind of held up against the cage. You know, the guy wasn't really doing anything. And then, uh, yeah, he dislocated his elbow on trying to trying to post on the, on the throw, man. It happens, so, um, unfortunately, so... But then I, and I also had a small play on Austin Lane that was just like it was under a quarter unit, about two two hundred bucks. Uh, so not a big deal there. I, I did come out with some with some profit, man, but didn't go anywhere near as good as I hoped it would. But you know, didn't lose any money. So, and as far as my big parlays goes, I think you know Jenkins pretty much killed all my parlays. I didn't have too much riding on those, um, and I didn't rebuild. Usually I'll try to rebuild them or whatever, but I, I didn't I didn't do it. Um, yeah, man. So as far as that, that's the results of that, man. Um, let's get over here and check out this card. And uh, yeah, man. So this is a card that I kind of had a little bit of trouble getting excited for. Um, you know, running the tape on it and stuff like that. Uh, there's a few good fights on here, but for the most part, you know, most of this card, I'm like, I don't, you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> I don't care. But yeah, but there are like the main events, great. You know, Charles Jordan versus Ricardo Ramos is great. Um, I'll always love to see Danny Gay fight. Uh, but yeah, there's quite a few fights on this card that I'm like, yeah, whatever. And honestly, if I didn't have my YouTube channel, I probably would have just not bet on this card. Um, but I feel obligated to, to, to do some bets, even though I'm, you know, 
just didn't see much on this card that I liked really, but I, I, I did put a few bets in, you know, just because, uh, so I have something to show you guys and whatever, but I'm going to try to, try to keep it, uh, try to keep it as quick as I can on this one guys. And, and if you're, if you're new to the channel, it wouldn't be this way all the time. My videos are usually an hour long. Um, but let's get into this card. First up, we got Jacob Malkoon taking on Cody Brundage. And Jacob Malkoon is, he's 28 years old, 5'9", with a 73-inch reach. He is 7-2 um, he is and 3-2 and three and two in the UFC, and he's a minus 475 favorite. And, uh, yeah, Jacob is primarily known for his wrestling and his grappling. I think he was Robert Whitaker's wrestling coach. Um, I don't know if he still is or not, but I know he used to be. Uh, doesn't have the best striking, although he is getting better, but he's just relentless with his takedowns, man, and... You know, he arguably could have won the Brendan Allen fight. A lot of people thought he won that fight, man. So that's an impressive, you know, performance, even if he didn't get the decision. Um, he's kind of short and stocky for middleweight. You know, he was popping his jab very well in his last fight. Great single legs, great trips, very strong with his body lock takedowns. Um, his boxing did look a lot better in his last fight, but it's definitely not his, you know, his forte or whatever. Um, what he does do very well is he can get guys focused on defending the takedowns so much that he can land good shots on the feet when they're not properly defending. Um, he's good for four or five takedowns, you know, pretty much every fight. You know, if you're if you're a prize picks better or whatever, you know, he's usually good for quite a few takedowns. Um, he has two wins by knockout, no wins or losses by submission. Um, and he'll have a one-inch reach advantage in this fight. And I expect him to have the wrestling advantage here and the cardio um, advantage as well in this fight. I know Brundage has a wrestling background, but I do think Malkoon is going to be better there. He's taken on Cody Brundage. He's 29 years old, six foot tall with a 72-inch reach. Um, he is eight and five and two and four in the UFC, and he's a plus three seventy five underdog. So Cody is on a three fight losing streak right now, and I gotta say, for the most part, he really hasn't looked good in the UFC. Um, aside from landing that big shot on Treshawn Gore when he got that knockout, um, and you know, in the other fight that he won in the UFC, the Dolce Lingbula fight, you know, he was getting destroyed and ended up getting a lucky guillotine. Um, and yeah, last time out, he got out wrestled by a guy who isn't really known for his wrestling, you know, Cedricus Dumas. Um, so that was kind of, kind of surprising to me, man. And, you know, card, Cody's cardio has always seemed to be pretty terrible. And I think the only advantage he has in this fight is going to be that he's got a little bit more power than Malkoon on the feet. Um, he is very fast and explosive in the first round, you know, the first few minutes of the fight, uh, you know, in his last fight, he just looked like he resigned himself to losing a decision, man. He wasn't putting his feet on the hips, trying to get up off of his back, you know, and, and his guard was just closed and, uh, so, yeah, man, I'm not sure what was up with that, you know, and, and he has decent submissions when he can get there. Uh, nice guillotine choke. Um, he's got four wins by knockout, three wins by submission. And, yeah, he's really cost himself in his last few fights, you know, by jumping guillotine when he doesn't, you know, completely have it. And he winds up on bottom. I think he's done it in at least his past two fights. Um, I expect the pressure of Malkoon to really wear on Cody. And by the second round, Cody's probably going to be gassed out. And I think Malkoon will keep pressuring him until he gets him down and, and end up winning a unanimous decision. Um I did think about going Malkoon by submission, but just because he has no wins by submission yet, I am going to just say decision. Um, but it is very possible that he get a late submission on, you know, on a very tired uh, Cody Brundage. Next up, we got Tim Means taking on Andre Fialo. And, uh, yeah, they moved some of these fights around, so got to track this one down on my, on my notes real quick. Uh, Tim Means is 39 years old, uh, 6'2", with a 75-inch reach. He is 32-15-1 and 14-12-1 and and in the UFC, and he's a plus-171 underdog. 
Yeah, he has 19 wins by knockout and five wins by submission. You know, things haven't been looking good for Tim lately. Um, he does tend to to come in, you know, come on late in fights. You know, if he, if he gets to the to the third round, you know, he does start to really push the pace. Um, he got beaten by Alex Morono last time out. Um, man, he uses good teep kicks. He he fights southpaw. Goes to the body a lot with his strikes. He he hits very hard. He likes to slip the punches in close and counter with the right hand. Um, he's been submitted in in two of his last three fights. Um, he did land some good shots in the Morono, uh, Morono yeah, the Morono fight in the first round. Uh, but until, before he got submitted, um, Fialo doesn't fight that way though. You know, he likes to strike. Um, I don't think he's gonna have to worry about submissions coming from Fialo. Uh, means is going to have a one inch reach advantage and this is a winnable fight for him. Kind of, um, I could see a world where he wins this fight. Um, he's probably the more well-rounded fighter here. Um, you know, more experienced, even though Andre Fialo is very experienced. Um, Andre has been knocked out three times in a row now. So, um, and Tim's hard to put away on the feet, man. And, He's the more technical striker, in my opinion, probably. Um, at least he was, you know, in his in his prime. And he's taking on Andre Fialo. He is 29 years old, six foot tall, with a 74 inch reach. He is 16 and seven, and two and four in the UFC. And he's a minus 200 favorite. And uh, yeah, he's got 13 wins by knockout, one win by submission. Um, he has been knocked out five times total in his career. Um, he's fought all over the place: Bellator, the PFL, LFA. Um, had a couple of nice knockouts early on in his UFC career, but hasn't really looked good since then. Uh, you know, Jake Matthews doesn't knock a lot of people out, and he knocked out Andre Fialo, so that was surprising to me. And uh, he does have nice boxing, you know, really relies on his power a lot. It's taken him very far, you know, with all these knockouts. Um, it's hard to pick between two guys who have lost their last three fights. I kind of want to pick Tim Means, but just because he hasn't been getting knocked out at least. But I, I do think, you know, um, I do think Andre will have the speed and power advantage. Um, you know, he's been looking more patient, you know, looking for counters rather than going in crazy, you know, getting caught with shots. Um, he was doing pretty well against Joaquin Buckley until he got hit with that kick and it didn't matter who you are. That kick would have, would have taken you out, man. So, um, I wouldn't blame anybody for taking Tim means here. And I thought coming into this that I was going to go with Tim means, but, but I am going to take Fialo to win. I'm going to take him to win by knockout in round two, man. Uh, I just think he looked a little bit, a little bit better, in his losses than Tim Means has, you know, in his losses, even though even though he got knocked out, if that makes sense. Um, next up, we got Miles Johns taking on uh, Daniel Argueta. And uh, Miles Johns is 29 years old. Um, sorry. Uh, 29 years old, 5'7", with a 66-inch reach. He is 13-2 and 4-2 and and in the UFC, and he's a plus-185 underdog. Uh, yeah, so this guy has a lot of potential. He's got big power, um, but it is worrying at times to put money on him because he often doesn't throw a lot of volume. Uh, he does tend to slow down quite a bit, you know, as the fight goes on. Uh, but his power does carry over into the third round. He's had two third-round knockouts in the UFC. Um, he has a wrestling background, doesn't use it very much. Um, his last fight against Vince Morales, I honestly thought he could have lost that fight. Uh, the judges gave it to him, but I had money on him, and I was disappointed in his performance. Um, he's very explosive and powerful, kind of one-dimensional, doesn't throw a lot of kicks, likes to sit back and counter. Um, he was supposed to fight Ronnie Barcelos a few months ago, which that fight had came through. Um, but the thing is, is, man, all it takes is one shot from Miles, and who's to say he's not going to come back and have really improved and throw more kicks and use his wrestling and really mix it up well. I'm just, I'm not totally convinced that Argueta will be able to get Miles down because Miles has like a 93% takedown defense. Um, hasn't really been fighting any super good, you know, other than the guys that beat him, you know, Batista and whatever. But um, 
He's fighting out of Fortis MMA. You know, it's one of the best camps around. Uh, he has four wins by knockout, two wins by submission. And, yeah, like like I said, he's only lost to um, Mario Batista and John Castaneda, who I consider to be a pretty good fighter. Um, uh, and he's taking on Daniel Argueta. He is 30 years old, 5'7", with a 68-inch reach. He is 9-1 and one and 9-1-1 uh, and one and 1-1-1 one, one and one in the UFC, and one of them is a no contest. Um, he's a minus-220 favorite. So his last fight, he was winning dominantly over Ronnie Lawrence, um, and the ref just stopped, jumped in too soon before Lawrence tapped, thinking he was tapping. Um, but he was really winning that fight, and I was surprised that he out-wrestled Lawrence like that, you know, very easily. Uh, but my theory on that is is that, you know, I don't believe that Ronnie Lawrence has a legit, you know, wrestling background. That's just kind of how he fights, and he's really been learning that, and that's how he likes to fight. Um, so he has had success against guys that are, like, not legit wrestlers. Um, but when he fights guys that are like legit wrestlers, he doesn't stand a chance. I'm talking about Ronnie Lawrence now. Um, because like when Ronnie fought uh, Sayed Cub, Kakramanov, you know, he got destroyed. Uh, Daniel Argueta, you know, was able to easily wrestle him and, and dominate him on the ground. Um, you know, I think Argueta saw that and was able to capitalize on it as well, man. He looked really good there. Um, he made his debut up a weight class against Damon Jackson. And even though he lost, he didn't take a lot of damage. He just kind of got out wrestled by a bigger guy. Argueta's going to have a two-inch reach advantage, two wins by knockout, four wins by submission. Uh, you know, very powerful and fast, man. Great ground and pound, dangerous jiu-jitsu. Um, I'm going to go with Argueta here to get the win, mostly because of his cardio advantage. You know, I think I think Johns might be better on the feet and more powerful, but he doesn't put out as much volume, and I think Argueta's pressure will eventually get to Johns, um, and he'll have success late in the fight. So I'm going to take Argueta to win by decision. Um, even though I'd like to see Johns win, but not anymore because, you know, I ended up putting a little something on <laughs> on Argueta. But anyways, next up we got Maserat Rendon taking on Tamiris Vidal. And Maserat is 34 years old, 5'8", uh, with a 68-inch reach. She is 5-0, and and this is going to be her UFC debut. Uh, she's a plus-174 underdog. Yeah, looking at all her stuff, man, I'm not sure why she's getting this shot, you know, in the UFC without going on the Contender Series at least or or something, you know, with that with that little of a record. Um, all of her wins have been by decision. Uh, maybe they were just trying, really trying hard to get Vidal a fight. I, I don't know. Um, even Rendon's last win was a split decision as well, so it wasn't like she won dominantly. Um, hasn't really fought anybody with super high-level experience. She does have nice boxing. Uh, I think she has a jiu-jitsu background, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so she did compete in some grappling competitions. As a matter of fact, she got um, she got beaten by Juliana Miller in a grappling competition about a year ago. Uh, so considering what Miller's gone on to do in the UFC, I guess that's not a good look. Uh, hard to say much more based on the competition she's been facing. Uh, won't know more until we see her in the UFC against better competition. Uh, she may have a slight size advantage in this fight. She is a couple inches taller. Um, their reaches are the same, so no one's got an advantage there. And uh, Tamiris Vidal is 25 years old, 5'6", uh, with a 68-inch reach. She is 7-1 and 1-0 and and in the UFC, and she's a minus 204 favorite. And yeah, even though I have, we haven't got to really see much from Vidal at, at, at a high level, um, I do like what I've seen from her. She hits hard. She's explosive. Uh, we saw that with that flying knee to the body that she won her last fight with in her debut. Uh, one one knockout and two wins by submission. Throws nice calf kicks. Um, she'll probably have a power advantage here. Uh, does go to the body a lot with her kicks and, and her punches. Um, 
I think she might be the war more well-rounded fighter here out of these two, but I'm not super confident in this fight, man, either way. Uh, I don't agree with the lines being as high as they are in Vidal. Uh, I think it should be more like a minus 150, but, um, yeah, just because we haven't seen much of her yet, man. We've only seen a little, a couple minutes of her in the UFC, so. But I am going to be going with Vidal, and I'm just going with her because of her UFC experience, and she's fought the tougher competition so far uh, out of these two, so I'm going to take her to win by decision. Next up, we got Jake Collier taking on Muhammad Usman. And Jake Collier is uh, 34, 34 years old, almost 35, 6'3", uh, with a 78.5-inch reach. He is 13-9 and 5-8 and and in the UFC, and he's a plus-135 underdog. And I know he hasn't looked good, you know, necessarily lately, but, you know, he did go out there and bust up Martin Bidet in the first round in his last fight. I mean, <clears throat> I was actually worried for a minute there because I had money on Bidet, a big play on him. And uh, Jake Collier went out there and was landing a lot of good shots, man, so he had me scared for a minute. Uh, you know, he, he used to be a middleweight, man. He does usually have a speed advantage over most heavyweights. Um, it just makes you wonder how committed he may be because you go from middleweight all the way up to heavyweight, and it doesn't see, he doesn't seem to be even thinking about at least trying to get back down to 205 or, or, or get in better shape, even though he hasn't had very much success at, at heavyweight. So it just kind of makes you wonder. Um, I do want Jake to win this fight. I'd like to see him win. Uh, I think he is a better striker out of these two. Good boxing. Um, he usually always has some early success, and, and, and the cardio is what ends up costing him, you know, the fight. He goes real hard straight away and then fades, you know. Um, honestly, watching it back, man, the Bidet fight was pretty close. I mean, I, I, in a world, I guess maybe I was being hard on Bidet, and, you know, I could have saw the fight going either way, honestly. I know Bidet won the third round, but, um, you know, Collier doesn't throw a lot of kicks, man. He, he does throw a ton of volume in the first, you know, few minutes of the fight. Uh, it just kind of sucks that now that he's at heavyweight, we don't get to see the other skills he may have had down at 185, you know, or 205. Um, he's too big to be wrestling or going for submissions, you know, and even though he did submit Chase Sherman, but, you know, whatever. Um, he's pretty one-dimensional is what I'm saying now, and he could get a KO. It could happen. It's possible. He's got five wins by knockout, uh, four wins by submission. I uh, just don't think it's likely here. <clears throat> and he's taking on Muhammad Usman. He is 34 years old, uh, 6'2", with a 79-inch reach. He is 9-2 and 2-0 and two and oh in the UFC, and he's a minus-155 favorite. He's going to have a 1.5-inch reach advantage, uh, four wins by knockout, two wins by submission. Uh, his biggest advantage in this fight is going to be his wrestling and cardio. Even though, even though his cardio isn't the best, it is better than Jake's, in my opinion. Uh, Muhammad did prove in his last fight that he can wrestle for three rounds. Um, he may have a power advantage here. He's just not, not the best striker, in my opinion, yet. He's still kind of you know working on that. Um, he usually comes in under the 265-pound limit, so he gets around a lot better. He's more explosive. He's good at controlling guys up against the cage. Um, I don't think very highly of Usman, but I think he's going to get exposed soon probably. But I think they're doing a good job right now of giving him favorable matchups, uh, you know, good matchups for him. Uh, and I think he's going to go out there and keep Collier up against the cage and wear on him and take him down and probably, probably get a boring decision or maybe a late ground-and-pound finish or something. I don't know, but... I see it being a pretty boring fight, but I think Muhammad Usman can, is going to easily win this fight, um, even though I'd rather see, you know, Jake win. But take Usman by decision. Next up, we got Mizuki Inu uh, taking on Hannah Goldie. Sorry, this fight was like way up the card before. 
So Mizuki Inu is 29 years old, uh, 5'3 with a 64-inch reach. She is 14-6 and 1-1 and one and one in the UFC, and she's a minus 275 favorite. Uh, hasn't fought in three years. Her only win in the UFC is over someone who went 1-5 in the UFC, so not a very impressive win. Uh, she never, she's never won a fight by knockout, but does have nine submission wins on her record. And also, she has been submitted five times as well, so that's something to think about. Um, even though she has a kickboxing and karate background, she's never finished someone with strikes. You know, I, I don't see a two, minus 275 favorite here, really. Uh, she's going to have a three-inch reach advantage, throws a lot of feints to set up her strikes, um, likes to really wear on her opponents, good at holding people up against the cage, uh, dangerous off of her back. Uh, what else, man? She, she got... She got destroyed by Amanda Lamos in her last fight, and it was three years ago, man, so I don't know what she's been doing since then. I don't know if she was thinking about retiring um, or, or, or what, so you kind of got to wonder about that. It's a big X factor in this. And she's taking on Hannah Goldie. She is 31 years old, 5'4", with a 61-inch reach. She is 6-3 and three and 1-3 and three in the UFC, and she's a plus 235 underdog. Yeah, if anything, Goldie will have a uh, you know the power advantage. You know, She's very muscular and, and pretty big for, for her size. Uh, one win by knockout, one win by submission. I do think she got into the UFC just way too quick in her career, and uh, you know it hasn't gone well for her so far. Uh, I'm sure she spent the last year working hard after her last loss, but you know anything could happen here. Uh, anything could happen here. I mean, I I, I kind of want to go with Goldie just based on her being more active, but uh, but I'm not because I do think Inu has uh, has the better skills out of these two. So so I'll take Inu to win by to win by decision. There, I finally went through one fight quickly without talking for 10 minutes. <laughs> Next up, we got Marina Rodriguez taking on uh, Michelle Watterson Gomez. And uh, Rodriguez is 36 years old, 5'6", uh, with a 65-inch reach. She is 16-3-2 and 6-3-2 in the UFC, and she's a minus 300 favorite. Uh, six wins by knockout, one win by submission. And she's very good, man. She's been around the top of the division for a while. Uh, she's only lost a really good competition. Uh, she has pretty good striking, good power. You know, she's had a few wins by finish in the UFC. Um, I'd say she's pretty well-rounded, man. She's going to have a three-inch reach advantage here. Uh, she's going to be the better striker as far as with the hands, with the boxing. Uh, she has very fast hands, throws a lot of volume, uh, throws a lot of calf kicks, you know, has a good Muay Thai foundation. Um, she has struggled with really good grapplers in the past at times, you know. She's never been submitted or anything like that, but, you know, she just has been held down by a couple people. Um, you know, in pretty boring fights, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, there's just a, she's already beaten, uh, Gomez once before, man, this is going to be their second fight. And, uh, the last time I think it was a five round fight and she just used her height and reach, you know, very well in that matchup. And she's going to have a major speed advantage. You know, she starts everything off with the left hand and just to get the range. And then her right hand is nasty down the middle. Um, she's been doing Muay Thai since she was 12 years old, man. And they both have good cardio. So I don't expect anybody to be getting tired here, uh, but I do think uh, Rodriguez is probably going to be getting the win here, man. But um, So Gomez is 37 years old, 5'3", uh, with a 62-inch reach. She is 18-11 and 6-7 and and in the UFC, and she's a plus 250 underdog. And yet her kicks are her best weapons, throws really good side kicks, you know, has that karate background. Uh, you know, she has to use her kicks in this fight, man, because she's at such a height and reach disadvantage. Uh, she's got to throw the kicks from the outside and then counter when Rodriguez steps into the pocket or shoot for takedowns. That would probably be her best option, really. Uh, she is a lifelong martial artist. She does have sharp striking. Um, there's not a lot of people out there that kick with their front leg like she does, and she can catch people off guard with that. 
Uh, but based on, you know, how the last fight went, I've got to go with Rodriguez here. I don't think Gomez is going to be able to get the takedowns. That's not, that's not her forte, really. Um, I think Rodriguez is going to be able to, to use the height and reach again and, and, and get another decision win here. Next up, we got Brian Battle taking on AJ Fletcher. This should be a, you know, this should be a pretty exciting fight uh, while it lasts. <laughs> uh, both of these guys are kind of, kind of finishers, man. Unless AJ Fletcher, when he wins, he's a finisher anyway. Um, when he loses, he goes to a decision. So, uh, Brian Battle is 29 years old, six one with a 77 inch reach. He is nine and two and four and one in the UFC. He's a minus 190 favorite. He's got three wins by knockout, four wins by submission, uh, coming off a really impressive knockout over Gabe Green. Uh, you know, if he has a weakness, it's going to be his takedown defense, but it's really hard to say that because, you know, the guy who out-wrestled him is a very good Russian wrestler. You know, they take everybody down. Um, he is po very powerful. He's going to have a 10-inch reach advantage in this fight. Uh, so I believe he's going to have the better striking out of these two. He's got good jiu-jitsu. Um, he's very offensive off of his back. Uh, his wins other than, than Gabe Green have been over guys with not as much experience or, or you know, like the Takashi Sato fight. You know, he's been struggling to get any wins in the UFC. And uh, so not the best of competition. You know, even Gabe Green has struggled to get wins in the UFC. You know, so there is that to think about. It's just something to, to think about if you're planning on betting on this fight. Um, so this could be a lot closer fight than the line may indicate. Uh, but, man, I... It just kind of comes down to how good Brian Battle's takedown defense is going to be in this fight, probably. Um, and he's taking on A.J. Fletcher. He's 26 years old, 5'10", with a 67-inch reach. He is 10-2 and and 1-2 and in the UFC. And he's a plus-165 underdog. Yeah, this guy, like I said, he's a finisher, man. Um, all of his wins have been by finish, four knockouts, five by submission. Um, his two losses in the UFC have been to guys I consider to be pretty good, you know, Semmelsberger and Angelusa. And, you know, that, that was a war he had with Lusa, and he almost finished Lusa in the second round. He had him hurt, you know, very badly. Um, he did have a relatively easy win over Thimba Garimbo, you know, in his last fight. Uh, even though Garimbo had his moments, you know, Fletcher ended up, you know, dominating with the wrestling and, and getting the submission. Uh, very powerful and explosive, man. He's he's always at a bad reach disadvantage. He's used to that, I'm sure. Um, has nice sweeps, get it reversed in positions on the ground, and ended up on top. Um which is what he's going to want to do in this fight, man. He's going to want to use that wrestling. Um, he's never been finished. Um, great submissions, really nice guillotine choke, uh, very good elbows in close. Um, I think he'll have the grappling advantage in this fight. Um, not super confident in that just because, you know, like I said, the only guy that's really outgrappled battle has been a really good fighter. So um, I don't think Fletcher is going to want to stay on the feet here. Uh, what else, man? What else? I know everybody's going with battle here. I kind of want to pick Fletcher, man. But I just don't know if I can trust him to fight smart here. You know, he does go out there and get in wars with people. Uh, so I'm going to be going with Battle, man. And, and I would say that he, just because Fletcher's never been finished, I'll take him to win by decision. Uh, but it is possible he could get the knockout, man. You never know. Next up, we got Charles Jordan taking on Ricardo Ramos. This might be a, you know, fight of the night. <laughs> fight of the night right here. Uh, I'm a big fan of both of these guys, man. So it's kind of hard for me to. It's hard for me to do this one. Um, big fan of Charles Jordan. You know, love the way he fights. Um, and he is 27 years old, five nine with a 69 inch reach. He has 14 six and one, and five five and one in the UFC. And he's a minus 123 favorite. And yeah, what I like most about him is how he comes on very strong in the third round, man. You know, he starts screaming at guys, throwing hard combinations, just going crazy, man. And 
he always dominates in the third round, you know. And he's very good, man. You know, very fast, creative kickboxer. Um, I like how active he stays. He fought four times in 2022. Um, and I actually scored the Shane Burgos fight for Jordan. He was destroying Burgos, you know, in the third round of that fight, beating the crap out of him. Um, you know, his kicks are one of his best weapons, especially when he's fighting out of the southpaw stance. Really good dirty boxing in close and in the clinch. Uh, he's worked a lot on his ground game and his takedown defense. He's really been trying to round his game out. Uh, you know, coming off a, a pretty good, pretty pretty easy win for him against Crone Gracie. Uh, Gracie's only good at one thing, and Charles was able to keep it on the feet and pick him apart from the outside. He didn't go too crazy and, and leave himself available to be sweeped or anything. Uh, throws a really nice uppercut, man. He fights well from both stances. Uh, he pushes a crazy pace, throws a ton of volume. You know, he landed over 90 strikes in the third round against... Um, against Shane Burgos, just in the third round. And uh, very exciting to watch, man. His speed and accuracy are really good. Uh, very impressive, man. And I'm just curious how he's going to choose to approach this fight. Um, he has eight wins by knockout and four wins by submission. And he's taking on Ricardo Ramos. He is 28 years old, 5'9", uh, with a 72-inch reach. He is 16-4 and four and 7-3 and three in the UFC, and he's a plus-103 underdog. Yeah, so the last he hadn't fought in over a year now, um, but I'm sure he's been working hard, man. You know, his losses in the UFC have been against some of the best guys that guys that are the best guys in the division that aren't in the top, you know, five or ten. You know, um, uh, you know, Tukov was on a roll two years ago, so I can I can understand that. Lerone Murphy, you know, I think he hasn't been beaten yet. So, and I think he also lost to uh, say Nurmagomedov. So those are all really tough guys, man. Um, you know, he has a couple of wins by spinning back elbow. You know, he's very good at that move, but he does go for it a little bit too much, in my opinion. Uh, but he is he does have success with it. So, you know, I guess you can't, can't hate on him too much for that, man. Uh, his last win, I think, was actually with the spinning back elbow over a guy who hasn't really done well in the UFC. But it was a good, you know, good opportunity for him to get back in there and get a quick finish. Um, he's going to have a three-inch reach advantage. You know, he's a pretty good-sized featherweight. I think he used to fight at lightweight. Um, he has four wins by knockout, seven wins by submission. Uh, I would say that he definitely has the grappling and jiu-jitsu advantage in this fight, uh, but he does usually fight on the feet most of the time. Um, he's very powerful, kind of relies on landing the big strikes rather than putting out a ton of volume. Um, he's very good, man. This is this is a fight that could go either way. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, Ramos has had trouble in the past with guys that are really pressuring him and keeping him backing up, which is kind of how Jordan likes to fight. Um, I, I do, man... I don't know. This is a this is one where I'm really Ramos does have, you know, really nice trip takedowns, um good grappling and man, so I, I, there's something my gut is telling me to go to go with Ramos here. Uh, there's something in me telling me that screaming that he's going to win by submission. Um I'm a fan of Jordan's more so. I want him to win, but there's something screaming at me that that Ramos is going to get a submission win here. And uh, I don't know why, but I am going to listen to it, uh, listen to my gut this time, and we'll see how it works out, man. So um, I'll take Ramos to win by submission round, round. let's say round two. Next up, we got the co-main event, uh, Bryce Mitchell taking on Dan Ige. Bryce Mitchell is 28 years old. Five uh, ten with a seventy inch reach. He is fifteen and one and six and one in the UFC, and he's a minus one fifty five favorite. Excuse me, I'm gonna grab some water. So I've said this before, man, in some of my other videos. Um, 
Bryce is very good at what he does. You know, he's a great wrestler. Um, he doesn't have good stand-up. <laughs> you know, uh, if he can't get the takedowns, you know, he's he, he's not in a good position. You know, um, you know that. I mean, I think that's pretty pretty obvious. But uh, his his best win was over Edson Barboza, but that was Edson Barboza late into his career. Now um, he does get everybody down. Nine wins by submission, but. He's only got one finish in the UFC, and it was over Matt Sales. All of his other fights have gone to decision. Um, he's never won or lost a fight by knockout. And, yeah, he's very good at what he does, man. Nice ground and pound. Um, just kind of hard to get excited for the way he fights, man. And, you know, we saw what happened when he fought a guy with legit takedown defense in Ilya Taporia. I mean, Taporia's, you know, one of the best best out there right now, of course, so you can't hold it against him too much. Uh, but now Mitchell is fighting these guys at the top of the division, and, and he's going to start having a little bit more trouble, in my opinion, than, than he's used to. Um, you know, he, he did land a few good shots on Zaporia, I guess, in the first round. Uh, he was kind of throwing a lot of, like, push kicks and stuff and kicks up top, but he, he, he wasn't putting a lot on him. I think he was just trying to give Zaporia something to think about uh, so he could look for a takedown. Um, but there's not much more I can say, man. I think Bryce is a really cool guy. You know, I like his way of life. I grew up out in the country, man. I'm hoping to move back there one day. Um, he's just re- relentless with his wrestling, man, and he takes everybody down. He even took Taporia down for a few seconds. Um, but, yeah, he's taking on Dan Ige. He is 32 years old, 5'7", with a 71-inch reach, and uh, he's 17-6 and six and 9-5 and five in the UFC. He's a plus-135 underdog. <laughs> I'm struggling with myself, man. It's so hard for me to sit here and not talk for, like, 15 minutes at about each fight or 10 minutes. <laughs> uh but, yeah, I'm a big fan of Dan's, man, and I had money on him in his last two fights, and uh, he's going to want to do the same thing that Taporia did out here. He's going to want to keep a low stance and use his superior striking and keep keep Bryce backing up and pressure him. Don't let Bryce move forward. And, uh, you know, Dan's never been finished. He's got five wins by knockout, five wins by submission, and I'm pretty sure the only person that was able to take Dan down and keep him down was Mavzar Ebliev. Uh, so no shame in that. That guy gets everybody down. Uh, Dan has really good hands. His boxing is on point. Very powerful in the pocket. Uh, when he gets in the pocket, man, he does serious damage. And uh, very, very nasty. And uh, he has five-round cardio. He's not going to get tired, man. Likes to dig shots to the body. Great uppercuts. Uh, good dirty boxing in the clinch. Good takedown defense for the most part. Um, puts out pretty good volume. Uh, he looked very good in his last fight. He didn't take a lot of damage at all. And, uh, you know, he beat Nate Lamware, man. That's not That's no easy task, man. So... Uh, but yeah, Dan's definitely not going to get tired, man. He does good at heading guys off, you know, not following them, but, you know, heading them off and cutting off the cage. Uh, he's going to have a one inch reach advantage here. And, uh, yeah, I'm not super confident in this, man. I I am going to pick Dan Ige to win. Um, you know, Bryce has never been knocked out before. I do, (laughs) I do really want to pick Dan by knockout. Um, but I'll, I'll take him to win by decision, man. Uh, I think he... I think he'll win the fight on damage. You know, um, maybe Bryce will get some takedowns or whatever, but but you know, not do much with them. And maybe while Dan's on the feet, he'll do some, he'll do more damage and land the bigger shots. Uh, but I'm hoping he's able to keep it up, man, and and uh, and possibly finish Bryce, man. Um, that probably isn't going to be a very good, a very popular pick. I'm sure everyone's going with Bryce Mitchell, but uh, I'd like I'd like to take it on Danny Gay, man. Next up, we got the main event. Uh, Rafael Fazeev taking on Matuas Gamrot. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be, well, I don't know. This could also be a very boring fight, <laughs> possibly. 
depending on if Gamrot can get Fazeev down or not. Um, so Fazeev is 30 years old. He's 5'8 with a 71 and a half inch reach. Uh, and uh, he is 12 and 2 and 6 and 2 in the UFC. And he's a minus 130 favorite. And yeah, this is another guy I'm a very big fan of, man. Of course, Fazeev is a very talented Muay Thai striker with solid takedown defense. Uh, nobody's really been able to get him down yet, and if I think he may have only been taken down like one time in the UFC, and he he's usually very good about uh, getting back to his feet. Uh, he's got five round cardio, man. His power carries over late into the fight. Uh, throws clean wheel kicks, all kinds of creative stuff. Uh, he's gonna have a one inch reach advantage. Uh, really nice footwork. He's one of the coaches at Tiger Muay Thai. I don't know if he still is. I know he was uh, the head coach at Tiger Muay Thai. Uh, really technical and explosive. Doesn't telegraph his shots, especially his kicks, man. They just come right up there, freaking. Can't even see him coming. No wind-up at all. Uh, he's been doing you know, Muay Thai since age 11. Also trained combat sambo and, and boxing and jiu-jitsu. Um, he has so many championships in Muay Thai that I'm not even going to try and, and say them all. Um, you know, Really good at countering. Very creative. He's one of the guy, only guys you'll see countering with high kicks. You know, He's just so good at and fast with them that he counters punches with them. Um, he has eight wins by knockout, one win by submission. And, you know, the only bad thing I could say would be that he's not the biggest lightweight. Um, he usually looks smaller than his opponents. It makes me wonder if he could possibly make 145 one day, but he's had a lot of success at lightweight, so uh, why would he, I guess? You know, he doesn't ever back up. He always walks his opponents down. Um, he did get beat by Justin Gaethje, man, and there's no shame in that. Gaethje's, you know, on a tear right now, and, uh, you know, he's only going to learn from that and get better. So, um, and, yeah, he's taking on Matus Gamrod. He's 32 years old. Uh, 5'10 with a 70 and a half inch reach and he is 22 and 2 and 5 and 2 in the UFC and he's a plus 110 underdog and uh, yeah in my opinion Gamrot's gotten away with a few robberies um, you know in his last fight he did get takedowns but he didn't really do a lot of damage with them um, you know it is I was kind of I kind of thought Turner could have won that fight man I know he did get the takedowns but you know Turner was was hurting him um yeah, he seemed to be struggling a little bit, man. And his game plan is always the same. Use his wrestling, get the takedowns. Uh, seven wins by knockout, five wins by submission. And I think he's kind of getting up to the point in the UFC where he's going to start really having some trouble with some guys. Um, he will probably be the best wrestler that Fazeev has faced yet. Um, I thought, you know, Gamrot lost the Armand Sarukian fight. I thought that was a robbery. Um, he's very good with his ankle picks and his trips. You know, he, he doesn't stand a chance on the feet here. And... This is another one that I'm not super confident in, man. You know, he may get the takedowns, but but no one else has. Um, at one point, I was thinking I would go with Gamrot due to the wrestling, but uh, I'm taking Fazeev to win, man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Gamrot Gamrot looked gassed out in the third round against Jalen Turner, and this is a five round fight. So I think um, I think Fazeev, you know, may may get taken down a little bit in the beginning of the fight, but I think he's gonna come through and get get a late finish, man, and. And it'll be the first time that Gamrot's been knocked out. So, um, unless Gamrot gets the takedowns, and he's just gonna hold him down for the whole time. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'll take uh, I'll take Fazeev to win by knockout round four. And that's it for all the picks, guys. Um, as far as my bets go, let me pull these up. And like I said, this is a card that I probably would have just stayed away from for the most part. Um, if I didn't have, didn't have the channel, uh, but yeah, I did put a play on uh, Brian Battle. It was a minus two hundred, uh, and it was a one unit play. And then I put a two fight parlay together that was Argueta and Usman, and that's a plus one thirty four, and uh, it's a one unit play. 
And, uh, I mean, that's good odds on that, you know, plus, plus 134. Um, that's not a bad line at all. So hopefully, hopefully at least one of these hit that way I, you know, will come out, <laughs> come out all right. But, and then as far as parlays, man, uh, I got a three fight parlay. That's Argueta battle and Usman. That's plus 245. Um, and y'all know if y'all watch the channel, y'all know, I, if it's, if it's more than three fights, I usually only put either a hundred or 50 bucks on them. Um, I don't put a whole lot into my parlays because even though I have had quite a few hits since I've been, you know, having the channel and stuff, for the most part, there's usually always somebody that messes it up. So, um, and then I, to to those three, I added um, Fialo and Rodriguez, and that's a plus five seventy six. I'll leave them up for a second so you can see them. And um, then to that, I mean, the way I do them is always the same people, and then I just add more down the line, you know, and. Uh, so to that I added um so that I added NU and Vidal and that's a plus twelve hundred and twenty. And then to that I added uh Ramos. I added Ramos, Ige, and Fazeev to it at the very end. Um all my well, two underdogs anyway, and that's a plus ten thousand three hundred and sixty. And uh I think there was a couple. There might have been one or two fights I left off of this. I think J Jacob Malkoon wasn't on Bovada at the time when I was putting these together, so uh, he didn't make it on there. Um, but I, I'm also considering um, another two-fight parlay um, that I was thinking on, and it's Malkoon and, and Marina Rodriguez. Um, with the odds that they're at right now, they're both pretty big favorites. I think it would be like a minus 130, 125 area like that. So that's another one. You know, if y'all are interested, think about that. I think that would be a pretty good one. Uh, just wish the odds were better. Um, but yeah, man, so that's all, man. I, I'm going to go try and enjoy myself. And thank you guys so much for caring what I have to say. Please like and subscribe, man. And um, yeah, man, y'all have a good one, man. I appreciate all you guys.